CKUT. Um, I'm Sophie in today, and I am joined in the studio by Ellie Dell or Ariane Gagne. 
Um, and we just heard a clip from one of their performance pieces. Um, Ellie Dell aims to drive, dive into crude, visceral, and enlightening experiences to come back and share what they have found in the abyss. Their practice makes use of calligraphy, diagrams, drawings, songs, and tattoos as tools which allow them to connect to their epigenic legacy of trauma, poverty, mental health, and addiction problems, while invoking an inspiring heritage of witchcraft, visions, and spirituality. This process leads to pictorial objects that form an erratic cartography inspired by chaos magic, psychopop literature, and eco-feminist practices. Like malts that result from moments of healing, evolution, or involution, their works integrate poetic messages. A sibylline prose that is blurred by sharp and sinuous scribbles and abstruse symbols. This textual aspect of their work is made to be sung, deciphered, or left to interpretation, taking the form of motivational phrases and enigmatic advice that serve as an invitation to regeneration, fluidity, fluidity and ruin. As a graduate of UCAM's visual and media arts program, they live between Europe and Jojage, Montreal, where their work has been shown in exhibitions, festivals, and various public and private spaces, such as Project Casa, Art Souterrain, and Espace Maris. They also exhibited pieces in Alcamo, Quebec City, Berlin, Brussels, Youngstown, Ohio, and Hudson, New York. You can see some of their work, which is currently on view at Espace Maurice here in Montreal as part of the group exhibit Datura, which is on right now. Welcome to the radio. Thank you, Sophie. Hi. Yeah, I'm so excited that you're here today. First time on the radio, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to have our conversation today. Um, so the piece that we played at the beginning of this episode... Um, was a clip from a video performance made for Festival Arts du Terrain in 2022. Uh, Un Bergos pour le Lambrou, or Lullaby <laughs> for the Tattered, <laughs> um, which, is an which is an invented incantatory ritual unfolding in the form of a self-inflicted live tattoo accompanied by a very long experimental lullaby with folkloric tone sung a cappella. The song's lyrics poetically address the omens of a coming climate apocalypse, the eco-anxiety that follows, and the imaginary possibilities prefigured by the ruin of this world. And you can hear, um, you can hear the tattoo machine going in the background, which is almost its own instrument. Um, so your work, uh, your practice spans many disciplines, um, including tattooing, visual art, poetry, song, and performance. Um, and I was wondering if you could speak about your journey into tattooing as an art form and about the materiality of your work and in particular skin as medium, which you use so much. Yeah. Um, well, first, thank you for inviting me. Um, 
I would say I started tattooing like three years ago and it happened in my life in a way that was really not planned. It's someone uh, that I was close with who showed me how to tattoo and uh, I was already doing a lot of drawing and painting and this is how it started. And quickly after that, I was really fascinated by um, parchment, like vellum, um, medieval way of doing paper with like the veal skin. And so I talked about this to a client of mine. At that time, I was like in my small studio on Papineau Street in Rosemont. And uh, the person, I was like, oh, I'm, I think I would love to try to do the parchment by myself, like DIY. And the person told me that their roommate was working in a butcher's shop and they had like pork skin hanging around their house. So they gave it to me as a tip. <laughs> and um, and uh, that's how it all started. It was like, okay, I have the skin. Now it's gonna rot. I have to do something with it. And I tattooed them and tanned them with the Cavicide, which is um, the product we use to disinfect the tattoo station and some floor varnish and it really didn't give the result I was you know expecting but it was really interesting and then it kind of all started from this uh, this unexpected gift <laughs> yeah a tip with pigskin <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um, it's kind of your practice when you work with skin that is off body you know, working with pig skin. You've also worked with fish skin as well. Um, it comes into kind of a sculptural element. Um, and you, what were your roots as a practice? You said you were working more with like painting and visual art as well. And how do you kind of bring that into working with skin and working with the body? Well, I, I feel like I've always worked the painting and drawing in a way that was linked to the skin. Like the first exhibitions I made were just like paintings and it was called like shed. So it was already really into my imagination, the kind of like the marks that are left on the body. I started working with the painting and drawing as a way to overcome a lot of trauma and a lot of, you know, I, it was really therapeutic at first. And I think tattoo is, it has something that is really like linked in itself to this. Mm -hmm. And um, and I was using a lot of like found material already. I would use some uh, sheets, like bed sheets that I I wasn't using anymore. And I would like cut them and make canvases with them. So it already felt like kind of, skins with the paint on it and like the texture and so it when when I started working with skins it was kind of a natural transition that happened into my practice mm -hmm. yeah so often when we talk about because I know that your work really engages with you know trauma addiction and uh, poverty as is stated in your in your artist statement um, and the body is so often representative of the experience um, as a person, mm -hmm. uh, both in difficulty and in harmony and joy. Um, and I love the uh, the word that comes up of molting, 
Um, and I wonder if you could speak more about how you use this kind of intimate practice uh, as a healing, as therapy, and how that can be both applied for the self as well as towards community or people engaging with your work. Mm. There's a lot of answers that I <laughs> think about. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, like this idea of expressing those things and kind of letting them um, let like leaving them behind in a way like you know just letting it go letting it flow I think this is a power of art in general and um, and I also have this thing where sometimes I have moments of uh, clarity you know I see a like a scheme that happened and I'm like okay this this makes sense I understand what happened and I understand the key for me to heal and so I'm trying to kind of immortalize those moments of clarity when I work uh, as a, as a, for paintings and drawing but also the tattoo and it's kind of like for me like a vadimikum like a little help self-help really uh, uh, really uh, cryptic help to remind me how I I pass through uh, challenges and so I can come back when I'm again in this space to help me you know and I feel like for some pieces it can work for other people that like are in contact with it mm-hmm a, like a kind of catharsis as well yeah for sure yeah yeah you reference um chaos magic and spirituality as integral parts of your practice and inspiration um and i was wondering if you could explain uh what chaos magic is and what your relationship to magic and spirituality is and where you kind of come from that as, from a personal perspective on your practice yeah, um, it's always been in my life, the magic thing. My mom was really into some uh, more uh, pagan uh, traditions and really raised me with an idea that the world is magical. And so I've always felt yet yeah, the power of like the art also and symbolism and representation and how it can have an impact in your life, manifestation and stuff like this. Mm, chaos magic you know it's like another <laughs> another realm um, I'm really the, the part that I really love about chaos magic is the sigil part so the sigil is um, a spell that is made from a word that you would um, that you would work on graphically and then you would this would be the spell, the word that you write or the sentence. And then to cast it, you have to destroy it. And since I was working a lot with calligraphy, at first, yeah, when I started, I started doing sigil without knowing it. Because I wrote some things on my, on my, my work that were really, really, I think, intense and I wanted to not censor them but like kind of trigger warn or make it less accessible from the first sight um, and so I started doing these things modifying the way it looks so it's like less easy to read less legible 
and and a friend of mine who was uh, really had a lot of knowledge about these things, the chaos magic, told me about the sigil, and it was like, this is what you're doing, you know, you kind of like make it so cryptic that it's not readable anymore, that it's not legible anymore, and and this it's it channels energy. And the tattoo part made so much sense because it felt like the destruction. It's a wound, it's, there is suffering. And I felt this had the power to kind of, uh, yeah, make the spell work, you know, cast the spell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, using kind of like the body and energy as the activation of spell as well. Yeah, I feel that magic needs a little sacrifice. Mm. And the tattoo added that part to the to the already the energy that was channeled through the doing the design. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And do you kind of consider in your own practice um, art making as a form of magic in and of itself? Yeah, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> and sometimes um, some tattoos that I do for people, I think have their own. Uh, magic component mm-hmm. I I like to tattoo people without like uh, money involved and I feel in those occasion it kind of like makes it more precious for the magical part but I think it can also work sometimes even if I'm paid <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's another form of sacrifice <laughs> an exchange um Yeah, I was wondering if we could go back to kind of the materiality and your process in making. So um, especially to describe for listeners who might not have an immediate visual reference to your sculptural work. Um, So and if you could kind of walk us through um, the process of you making sculptures or using tattoo onto onto skin and what kind of the end result that comes to yeah um first like the way i source the animal hides are always really linked to the context where i'm working so i never know in advance what i'm gonna get or like how i'm gonna get it sometimes it has been super difficult to to like uh, <laughs> to source them because it's like illegal to take some skins out of slaughterhouse for example and um, you can get pig skin to the butcher's shop but the other skins they, they remove them in the slaughterhouse and, and throw them away so um, so I have to be creative in the ways that I source them and I feel that there is a part of magic also there because it always comes my way in a in weird, in a, in a weird way, <laughs> and then um, there's a lot of yeah. The, the practice of the skin is is something that is stinky, that is really confronting. It the the death is something that we're not used to, like be linked with in our society. And I was always really curious to like feel it, like the the, the feel the. The, the, the smell or like the to be closer to it as a as a concept but also as like a material thing that will happen to all of us and um, sometimes I found some road kills and skinned them 
and other times it was like uh, last time in Ohio it was uh, I worked with these butchers that worked for hunters and uh, he gave me some uh, deer skins from the that were hunted there and then um, sometimes I have to remove the, the hair so the hair removal is a whole process uh, sometimes I use uh, how do you say ashes ashes and water to make to break the air follicle and remove it it's a process that is long and involves a lot of energy it's really physical and yeah the the, the smell and the, the feeling of it is is kind of uh, it's kind of intense I feel like I lose a lot of energy after I'm so <laughs> tired and you know kind of like my soul is is sucked in the the piece yeah yeah, something that really strikes me when um, engaging with your work, um, because you are engaging closely, you know, with death and bodily matter, um, which can definitely fall into morbidity uh, really quickly. But I think that you are able to bring a or certain sense of levity or also lightness to your work especially through uh through your use of text and for instance like um you reference lullaby a lot and I was wondering if you could speak a little bit about your use of text as kind of poetry or song or incantation um you spoke a little bit about the sigil but I know that you've also been moving into you know, um, more performance aspects of your work and what that process of bringing text from the page or from the skin and into, into the air has been like for you. Yeah. Um, I, I'm really fascinated by the part of the life cycle that is when death becomes life again. So the part that is like kind of the, the spring in the pagan imagery, the way that the seed be comes from, like, takes its energy from the decomposing matter and then grows out of the of the soil again, and I feel like I, this is also what I'm trying to to embody. I feel like my my practice is performative, even if it's like just alone with the skin because of the difficulty of the process. But I feel like I'm at first it's like this material that is full of blood and like really you know yeah really um, kind of disgusting and then to transform it to work and to give it like something that is yeah about like hope and and life coming back and and healing and and growing i think it's uh it's like something that really interests me and this is how I, I'm trying to work when I do the, the skin pieces. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the songs, it kind of, yeah, it's also, it, it, made, it made so much sense because it's all those texts and the, the lullaby is also this kind of song that comes back and that brings you to, into the night and that like helps you having, you know, a, Soft, soft sleep, and and I feel like the power of of music is like I I love visual arts, but music as something it it brings the cell in 
in another space you know it rearranges it's, it's rewiring the brain it really does something to the body that i feel is so important and precious and and i really wanted to incorporate this in my practice i'm really shy so it <laughs> at first it was really really difficult but the more i do it the more i i can feel the power of the energy when a performance is happening what it it does to people it's like yeah i think it's pretty magic like these incantations and yeah i love what you said about a lullaby being something that enters you into the night or into sleep and also historically how you can look at lullabies that would be sung to children and kind of when examined a bit closer they can be quite twisted even though they're set to a beautiful totally. melody <laughs> as well I also read recently about uh, so I was reading this book that my friend landed me um, of Georges Saint and Georges Saint was really interested uh, in, uh, in like the old uh, former's kind of like rooted in paganism um, in Europe mm -hmm. and she was writing at the time of like industrial revolution and so it, those traditions were kind of like getting pushed away a little bit but now they disappeared in most of Europe but in, in, in her book she was talking about this farmer who was singing herding songs to the beef uh, to the beef to the <laughs> to the, <laughs> the cows And, uh, and, and those herding songs, I tried to find them on Spotify and like Google that. And I found out that there is this tradition that is still going on in Sweden that is a kulning. And it's songs for, for animals that uh, yeah, the people sing to, to sheep and, and to cows. And I felt it really had a resemblance to the way I was singing also in my performances and that that also makes sense you know in a in a poetic way because it's like for the animals also and i work with the skins so i i learned this new link that i haven't seen this or discovered yet uh, recently yeah i think those are such great moments when you realize that your practice falls close to something that's already pre-existing um that you didn't necessarily know existed before that um Those are really special moments. Um, yeah, time has flown by and we're almost out of time. Um, so I know that your work right now is a part of a group exhibit um, currently up at Espasmaris, but I was wondering if before we leave, you can tell our listeners where they can find your work and what might be coming up next for you as well. Um, yeah, so Datura, no, it's a really fun exhibition. It's, um, it's a, a product of a, a residency we made in this uh, warehouse in Ohio. It's Marie Ségolène, my curator friend, who organized it. And we all went with a bunch of artists there and worked with local artists and made all those pieces from uh, the things we found there. And um, and now we we did the exhibition in, back in Youngstown, and then we took it back to Montreal, and it's up until uh, February 16, I think. And um, yeah, the work that I show there is made from the deer skins uh, that were hunt, 
hunted there and there's this old story with like albino deer and stuff no 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 it's super cool super cool and for the next i have the the future i i think in the future i think i want to really work on the this the songs mm. i think this is the the things that really interest me to deepen right now i really want to write more and sing more maybe take a little break of the skin because it's <laughs> energetically draining so yeah yeah i can't wait to hear what more you have to offer and <laughs> Thank you so much for sharing your time with me this morning um, and with our listeners. Um, for everyone tuning in, we've been listening to an interview with Ellie Dell. Um, and yeah, I hope that everyone has a wonderful rest of their day. Thank you, Sophie. Yeah, thank you so much. <laughs>